This episode of Harmonious Gentlemen is brought to you by Blind Man Brewing, makers of delicious craft beer in beautiful Lacombe, Alberta. Say hi to Hans, or are we sure it's not Hans? Hans? podcast episodes where the number of times Jesus instructs us to forgive our enemies. You'd know this has to be episode 77 of The Harmonious Gentleman. I'm Chris. I forgive you, Chris. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm Graham. 76 more and I'm times. I'm Tyler. But isn't it 70 times 7? Good question, Tyler. And I looked this up because in different <laughs> translations it does say that. But the NIV says when Peter asks, how many times should we forgive our those who have harmed us? Seven times? And Jesus says, no, 77 times. But in oh, one really? version, it says 70 times 7. Hmm. So it's either 490 or 77. Either way, it's a lot of well, times. you can use this one again in a, <laughs> in a couple of years. 413 <laughs> more episodes. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, we're back, just the three of us. Had a mm-hmm. great guest last time. Mm-hmm. Thanks to Dason once again. Yeah, that was really fun. It's a cool when someone gives you that much time. It was hours and hours of hanging out and chatting. I feel like he could have gone longer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, maybe his wife or kids would have demanded he come home sooner, but... He kept saying, like, can we do this part kind of quickly? And he's like, well, he did a good job, I think, but yeah. he could have gone more. Um, do we have any feedback, Ty? Um, well, we do, mm. but we actually received it a while ago and we recorded it um, yeah. previously. Yeah. So, listeners, I think you'll hear that. For the first time ever, we have a pre-recorded, with a listener, live, but not really live, feedback. It's coming now. <laughs> So it's a harmonious gentleman first to be able to get feedback in real time. Mm -hmm. We're not reading an email. We're not listening to audio, which was done by this gentleman as well. But we're going to have feedback right here, right now. We're in Airdrie. We're meeting with listener Kenton. Welcome, Kenton. Thanks for having me. I do live in Airdrie, so it's quite convenient. It's nice. Yeah. Um, So this is like reaction. We can react to your feedback right now. Sure. (laughs) And we will. (laughs) Yeah. I expect it. So welcome, Kenton, to the podcast. It's really good to see you. I I will admit, after 70-some episodes, have wanting to, like, respond in the moment to so many episodes, (laughs) and now I'm actually sitting here in front of you guys with a mic an inch and a half from my face, it feels significantly different. And you've done, like, the the progression. Like, you started with email and then audio. Like, our listeners have heard your voice. That's right. right. I've heard lots of good things about your your audio feedback, by the way. Okay, well, I got to, so I guess I got to one-up myself. Uh, you don't have to, but uh, <laughs> now I'm kind of worried. So Kenton, you're, you, you've been a listener for a long time. Yeah, since the beginning. Yeah. yeah. And we thank you for that. Um, Is that because you felt compelled because you were family? Uh, there was a hint of that at the very, very <laughs> yeah. beginning. Yeah. Um, but it soon went beyond that. Okay. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. I think you said you felt you got your stride by episode 25. I would say after, yeah, the first 30, we're figuring things out. We're, I mean, we still are, but yeah, yeah I, I would say that's true. Yeah. 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 Well, that's going to be part of my feedback is about your growth as a nice. podcast. Thanks. Um, Kenton, so, you're here. You're ready for super it. Super nervous. That was great <laughs> feedback. Thank you, Kenton. <laughs> Thanks for being here. And you can leave now. <laughs> well, Kenton, yeah. uh, what's on your mind? Well, let me start by saying you guys have given me so many good recommendations. Part of my feedback oh. is to give you guys a recommendation. Yes. I just feel the urge to reciprocate <laughs> nice, recommendations nice. here. Love so okay. um, my recommendation is a, t- a TV show called Ted Lasso. Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm not a sports guy at all. So I have not, I've resisted watching this show, even though I've heard good things about it. But it contains the most harmonious clip mm. ever that I've seen in any TV show ever mm-hmm. on episode eight. 
So the incentive is watch it to episode eight at least, mm. and you will be treated to an extremely good harmonious clip. I love it. Okay. You've seen the show, Tyler. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know I, know what I'm what, I, think I know what it is. I, I think you even said it. And I, I actually really, uttered yeah, the, the yes. I, was, yeah. I have not okay. seen it, so am I the only one who's I've seen it? You, but you, you know what it is. You do. Do I? Okay. Yeah. So anyway, that's my recommendation. And I can't back. believe we haven't recommended this show before, but thank yeah. you. Yeah, that's thank a great also. recommendation. Yeah. Okay. And so my, the crux thank of my you. feedback okay. is really about just as a response to your episode in August around Off Limits, where you guys talked very openly and candidly and even aired some of your insecurities, I'll go by, I'll say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I appreciated that, as I think a lot of us longtime listeners have, and, and getting sort of inside your heads about what you guys think about your own podcast and the future of it. <clears throat> I just want to encourage you. This is actually good feedback, but I want to encourage you. I can see the eye sweating. contact and the intensity now. <laughs> um, I just want to encourage you guys to be bold. As, a, and as I'll just speak on behalf of all listeners who have been with you from the beginning. Yes, thank we you. want to see the continued growth. You guys talked a little bit how you've changed over the course of your podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't want to see that stop. Mm. We want to see that continue. And by taking on tougher topics, edgier topics, mm-hmm. not only do, we, do you guys grow, but we grow with you as an audience. Mm-hmm. And we see the growth in how you evolve your harmonious journey and become more harmonious by, by yeah. intentionally taking mm-hmm. on those tougher cool. topics, yeah. right? So yeah. just nice. from an audience person to you guys, be bold. Um, cool. We're not mm-hmm. going to judge you for it. Yeah. Um, well, maybe a little bit, but <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That, I but that's appreciate what makes it hearing fun, that a lot. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. And, and don't feel like there's things you just can't talk about because you don't have the, and I heard you guys kind of talk about mm-hmm. this, like you don't have the right to talk about these things. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and I think this is where like back to my earlier audio podcast around epistemology, like mm-hmm. you can just differentiate between opinion and where the limits of what you know yeah. are, but you can, that's also a great lesson in harmonious discussions around, hey, we can talk about things that, yeah, we don't, we aren't personally experienced with, but we can talk about them in a way that, that we still pay respect to the people mm-hmm. that do have that personal experience. And we are talking about these things from a place of somewhat ignorance. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. We are people. We are part of society. We, we have the right to talk about tough, mm-hmm. these tough topics, mm-hmm. but we can do it in a way that is not making us seem like we're experts when we're not or that we have direct experience when we don't and just modeling that yeah. is still useful yeah so yeah that's good to be hear. bold that's, take yeah. on those topics that maybe you even think you don't have a right to talk about yeah. and i along with the rest of the audience who thinks like me will appreciate that okay wow we probably yeah. needed to hear that i think so thanks kitten yeah wow feel kind of inspired should we just stay here and record more episodes yeah let's today? do another episode right now <laughs> But I'm not done yet. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> I have a confession, oh. which is about you guys. And so this is another form of feedback as a confession. <laughs> I have done many things for this podcast over the years. Um, donated. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Um, left feedback. Absolutely. Um, have also been listeners since day one, mm-hmm. provided you directly, and I'm pointing to a one of the members of the yeah. harmonious gentleman here. Yeah, we won't say uh, so <laughs> direct feedback many times. Yeah. And the only thing I have ever asked for yeah. ever in oh, no. return. And I've asked for this many times <laughs> is a sticker. Oh. All I've wanted for the, since the beginning of the podcast Grand is sticker. a little sticker. And no matter what I do, how much I give, 
I cannot seem to get a sticker. So, that, so my confession is I've been harboring some feelings of resentment. Yeah. Yeah. And, no, and I needed to get that out. I needed well to confess founded, that. I and yeah. I was about to call you out because I think a long time ago, Chris, you made, you made a, an offer to drive a sticker yes, I did. to anywhere, anyone. Yeah. And I was about to like just call you directly you out should've. on that. Because yeah. not one person asked for one. So I yeah. didn't go to anybody's house. Airdrie, Airdrie is a big ask, but yeah. then, then I heard you guys were coming down. I thought, yeah. this is it. This is my moment to get a sticker. Well, Kenton, guess what? Not you only are today in is your luck. lucky day. <laughs> this <gasps> is the moment sticker your sticker for you. Listeners, right I am now holding a sticker <laughs> in my hand. I have always wanted this. A Kenton, small I, tear is I, forming in his left eye. Kenton, I, can I just take... I, I, even if the person you're talking about is not me, I'll just take on the role. <laughs> I owe you an apology. A serious apology, because I think I take your listenership for granted at times. But, you know, in, in that I don't, you're there, you're consistent, you're always giving me feedback, which I value, and I dropped the ball big time on this one. In fact, so, once he did say, like, he's not going to quit listening no. if I don't give him a freaking sticker. <laughs> I've never said those words. <laughs> which is um, true story. I've never threatened that. <laughs> but, Kenton, um, I, hope, I hope that this is the beginning of reconciliation. I also want to, <laughs> I also want to tell you, and I shouldn't, I'm going to say this, this is bold. Okay. But there may be merch coming. In your, you've your, said this before, Graham. I, I, but this is a change. Okay, I have to make this proclamation in order for to make the change. You're top of our list, and you're going to hear from us for a five percent right? discount. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to be touched, and it went away. Um, but also, I love that your feedback was in the form of a podcast. Well done. That was yeah. incredible. Yeah, recommendation, was amazing body confession. Thanks, Kenton. And also, too, for your setting up our combo last week. Our last episode was amazing, too. Yeah. 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 Glad that worked out. It did. Yeah, thanks. Okay. We'll talk you to you Do you have any more soon. guests yeah. that we should talk to? Let us know. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Okay. See ya. Yeah. See yeah. Thanks, Ken. And we're back. Thank you, Kenton. That was some good feedback. Yeah. What was cool is that we got to do that with you live and in person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not live like right now live, but... No, not like now. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks, Kenton. Always been a, a good fan of the show, and yeah, hopefully you keep on listening and... You know, maybe we'll take your advice to heart. I actually really enjoyed hearing that from him. Yeah, it was really encouraging. I remember being, and again, I kind of forget what's in the recording, but um, I remember being quite nervous that he was going to like rip into us a bit. <laughs> yeah. And then it turned into, a, I was crying by the end. He had a perfect balance of, <laughs> here's constructive criticism. Here's what you guys are doing well. Yeah. And he's always been really good with feedback. Like it always is very intentional. So even if it's not positive, like it's usually, you know, it's for the better. Yeah. Like, you know, Graham, like you suck at this. You don't have to, you don't have to suck at this. Right. You know? Here are some steps to stop sucking. Yeah. Talk less. Have you ever thought about just having it be Smile a deal to guys? More. Guys, so if, if out either of you had seen Hamilton, that would have been a funny joke. Okay. Uh, what's next? Are we the only two people who've never seen that? Recommendations? <laughs> because I can recommend it one more time. Well, we should probably get there. Might help. All right. These recommendations are brought to you by Cilantro and Chive, spreading the love while serving up mouth-watering dishes and good times. And we're back. Gentlemen, if you want to watch a show uh, for my recommendation as a follow-up to our talk with uh, Dason about the Mormon Church, I recommend the brand new Netflix series, Sins of Our Mother, a three-part true crime docuseries. Finished it last night. It's uh, pretty brutal. Heartbreaking, but also quite a quite a story. Hmm. Recommend it. Won't say too much about it, but it's about it's actually only a two year old story, and uh, it's, yeah, so it's not like an old case. Maybe you heard about it when it was happening because it was kind of a big deal. I think in certain areas, 
but um I won't say anything. Just watch it. True crime. True crime plus Mormonism seems to be not like that just seems to be in the news and media a lot right now. It's like Netflix is bread and butter right now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because we did this interview and then my wife and I started the show and I didn't have any idea it was about LDS at all. And all of a sudden within the first five minutes, that's what Hmm. they're a part of. So it has less to do with the actual church than what they go with and kind of take it a crazy direction. But check it out. What's it called again? Sins of our mother. Um, I'm going to recommend a brewery that is not Blind Man. Sorry, Blind Man. We still love you. Um, I'm going to recommend Red Heart, um, the brewery in South Red Deer. It's a, they make good beer. They have a beautiful tap room, and they host really cool events as well. We did recently a like a quiz night, the three of us. Yeah, that was great. With, uh, with our friend Jim. Shout out to Jim. Yeah. Came in second, right? Yeah, we did. I mean, we yeah. tied for second, so it's not that cool. But <laughs> yeah, and there's only three teams, but still, <laughs> yeah. yeah, lots of fun. Um, but they also um, are becoming a bit of a, a music venue. Red Heart is so. Um, yeah, in fact, there's a band playing a show there in November called mm-hmm. The Fallow Years, mm. and I've seen them live. They're very good, mm-hmm. so I recommend you go to Red Heart at some point. But if you can make it work, go on Graham. When is it? It's um, yeah, I'm not sure. I think someone said it was, they're playing on November 20th, the Sunday night. Okay. And there, there's sort of three acts and they're the third act. Okay. Yeah. I've seen the, them play the once years. at Red Heart. It was an amazing concert. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see them again. That's pre-COVID. Yeah. Pre-COVID. I saw them, um, yeah, like two days before the lockdown. It was right before. And uh, they're pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they are. <laughs> yeah. They're great. I'll be there. Nice. Well, I'm going to recommend a podcast. It's called ologies with angie ward and it's uh i think it's ali ward my mistake it's basically a person interviewing different scientists and finding out what they love what they're studying and then funny stories and sciencey facts that go along with it nice start with the sea turtle episode if you need a place to start awesome ologies ologies that sounds awesome how long are the episodes (laughs) some are short like 40 minutes and others are long like an hour okay that's doable. Yeah. Speaking of podcast length, I'm curious what our listeners let us know if you want to, but like we put out a two hour episode a couple weeks ago, uh, which is double our normal length. And mm. I really enjoyed it. I think it was rich and worth it. Um, let us know though. Yeah. Is that format something we could maybe experiment with more often or is that just way too much to commit to? I'd be curious to know what people think. Well, that's uh, speaking of going long. Yeah. Let's uh, <laughs> get let's, into uh, the next segment. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> This harmonious conversation is brought to you by 5024 General Store. Skateboards, coffee, community. Visit them online or in beautiful downtown Lacombe. So if you've read the title of our episode, you might have an idea of where we're going on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk about death. And we haven't uh, planned it out too well. Um, we know that um, the queen died recently. Yes, she did. <laughs> we are aware of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. People reacted to that in different ways. Even that could be maybe a starting point. Like when you heard that the queen died, how did you react to it, guys? It's kind of funny because um, she was old, like 96. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it has to be happening soon. But she's always been the queen, so it just felt like maybe she will cheat it. I don't know. Yeah. That seems stupid to say, but. <laughs> I thought she'd outlive me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> She'll just be the queen forever. Yeah. 
So it was like, I was yeah. sad when I heard it because there was something about her stoicism and resolve that I've kind of always mm-hmm. appreciated about her. Yeah. Like she seems like a steadiness in the world, literally from the cold war, almost the world end of world war two on. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah, that is crazy. Graham. Yeah. I, I was, I, I, I don't know if I'm like a heartless monster, but I, like I didn't, I wasn't sad. Um, yeah, you know, like, like you said, it's, it's, it's significant, like historically, but I wasn't, cause she was older. I, I was almost like, wow, she did pretty good. I wasn't yeah. sad at all. But, but what I found interesting is there was like, I think for a lot of people, they were, it was quite affecting. Like, I think so I remember when they were talking about like the mourning period and how long it was going to be. I was maybe a little bit like, like why? Like, this seems like a long time, mm, the period yeah. of mourning. But the more I talked to people and read articles, whatever, like the more I realized like, well, actually for normal people who have hearts, uh, <laughs> <laughs> who aren't monsters. No, but like people, it meant a lot to a lot of people. And, um, so the, I, I tried to have a little more empathy because at first I was a little bit cynical, I think. And, you know, what does the, what does the monarchy mean? And, you know, all that sure. kind of stuff. But I mean, really like she was a steadfast presence in this world on a global stage for 70 years plus. Yeah. And yeah, but I, I think now, like the more, the more I think about it, the more it does feel like the end of something substantial, like mm. in our society, like it's, it's something and staring at her face on her money for like just yeah, all these all little ways. Um, Tyler, did you, yeah. were you sad? No, like I, I have a similar reaction to you where I, my initial reaction, students told me at school and I, it did not sadden me really at all. Maybe a little bit surprised. Like it's kind of, yeah, weirdly surprising because she was so old. Yeah, like, right. Know, so it is still kind of like, oh, like that is, really? that is strange. <laughs> That's news. Yeah. And, but I, I wasn't moved really in any way. And then, but then a student came into my class and was like, the queen is dead and like made a joke about it. And I, that bothered me. I didn't like that. Yeah. They were making light of it that someone had just died and like pretend, like, I don't think they were actually happy, but like they were acting that way to be funny. And I didn't think that was appropriate. Yeah. You guys talk about her being a steadfast presence in the world. I think for, for some people, um, she represented almost like a steady symbol of something that was harmful in their lives. Mm -hmm. And that, so I've, so I, I've, been trying also to recognize for 70 that years but also for say exactly <laughs> yeah. so it's yeah. like yeah, right. so the the yeah. hopeful part of it is that um it's an opportunity for something new i guess mm-hmm. which is maybe we could look at all kind of de- oh, like death is that in a way right like it's an opportunity for something new i think i mentioned in the podcast what was one of our episodes about the saddest thing that ever happened to us mm-hmm. was that what we did during covid yep. yeah and i mentioned my friend who died um brad and i don't know if i mentioned this on the podcast but when the queen passed away and i and i didn't really feel any emotional response remember when my like best friend passed away like i almost felt similar in that it was kind of a numb feeling Mm. and so i was comparing the feelings a little bit in my mind Mm. like because i remember i remember when i first heard it was a devastating moment of course but the the weeks after i didn't really feel sadness it was almost like being numb and not really maybe even like not believing that it happened maybe yeah. the way i'd put yeah. it yeah and uh and obviously it's different than when, when the queen passed away but i remember thinking a few times like am i like a monster like how, why am i mm. not like in despair 
And I don't know how you guys feel if when you've lost someone in your life, but for me, like that was the first time I I dealt with like someone who I knew really well, like closely, who who I loved that like dearly. Um, and I almost feel like, and this might be going in the wrong direction, but I almost feel like like it was like a protecting myself was like being numb from it, like not yeah. acknowledging it. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you guys, like I don't. It's been years now, and I still don't know like what mourning means. Mm-hmm. Maybe in some ways, I don't know if I went to the funeral and I, and I, and there was crying and it was emotional and, and there was some, there was some value there, of course. But I, but I also think sometimes like, do I, did I ever really accept it? Like, did mm-hmm. I ever really truly spend the time or, or meaningfully just actually deal with it? I don't know if I've done that ever. Yeah. Uh, I think like you've heard of the stages of grief. I think you know, the doubt and denial and acceptance. Like, I think those things, I had this experience when my dad passed away almost a year ago. You almost experience them all at once sometimes. It's not an orderly, like, now I'm moving into this stage. Right. Like, in general, I would say I'm in disbelief all the time about it. And then something will jar me like a photo or a memory of something of his that suddenly I'll be like really sad and it'll pass quite quickly Mm -hmm. because I can't stay in that place of real sadness because I feel like it would be incapacitating to always be there. Yeah. So I don't know how I, I just think to answer your question about mourning, like I don't, there's no right way to do it. Yeah. How you do it is the right way for you, I think. And probably there are wrong ways in that you might not be moving on with your own life and that isn't good either. Mm Mm-hmm. So maybe there's a wrong way, but I don't know if there's a right way. Yeah, I yeah. I haven't had to mourn the death of someone who's like very close to me. Like I've had grandparents who have been close to pass away. Um, but I feel like there is a like a the hard part of mourning would be the expectations of society to respond in a way that is acceptable, right? And it, it sounds kind of grand. So like can that. you explain that a little? So more? like if if someone close to you, like you said, there's no right way, one way to mourn, but I think there is like a pressure. There's an expected an ex- way to mourn. expected maybe. way to mourn or you, or a perceived ex- expectation. Yeah. Like, I think we can all say you can mourn in your own way, but when you're the one going through it, you are like self-conscious almost like yeah. you're hyper aware of why am I not? sadder sure. about this or i <laughs> yeah. need to move on because you're comparing yourself to how you've seen other people do it probably right or the way you think that they have handled it or right you're, yeah you're describing uh man like so i i was the i don't know what you call them at a funeral the officiator i, hmm. I guess at a, at a funeral or you yeah. the mc what there, there's a name but i did that for brad's funeral and like I ha- the gave the eulogy or more than that like the host, like you, you oh. welcome everyone in, you introduce the, okay. the like yeah. I was kind of, and I remember thinking about what you just described like the whole time, like what am I expected to look like? Yeah. How, yeah. I don't want to act, but I also, how sad should I be I was at this point? Hyper aware of what I look like Yeah. in that moment. And I felt bad for that. Like I felt like you should just, you know, it, yeah. It's, when you, when you said that Tyler, I, just, I, I was brought right back to that moment, standing on that stage and all those people. And I remember thinking like, do I look sad enough? Like I should look sadder. And that's like, like a distraction. That's like a distraction from you. Like it doesn't allow you to actually feel the way you probably should feel. Well, and I was willing to do that for the family and I, yeah. I was happy to do it, but yeah, it, it didn't feel 
It was, I think, I don't know if this connects to that, but one thing I've noticed is how (laughs) in thinking back to how people have spoken to me about loss, like I'm suddenly like aware of the stupid things I must have said to other people, (laughs) where it's like people are well-meaning, but you know, they'll try to comfort you with things that are pretty hollow. Yeah. And I know that I've said those exact things. And then when it comes down to needing comfort, it's like that doesn't bring comfort actually Mm. in the moment. Like maybe it will later or maybe, you know, I know what you mean, but. At that funeral I was, I was at afterwards, I saw a bunch of people that I knew and had known Brad, but one person like walked up to me and gave me, she just gave me a hug. Yeah. Like a long hug. And then she just walked away. I hadn't seen her in years. Not that that's always possible, but I remember that meaning so much. And like, it didn't, it was perfect. This is a weird place to shout out somebody, but our friend Jim, who listens to the podcast. What a a guy. He is. And he has a real, um, he's experienced loss in his own life, but he also knows how to be present in a way that I don't know if I've ever seen anybody else like him just know how to be close. And I've not just, I haven't just experienced it for myself, but I've witnessed him do it to other people Mm. and just, uh, say things that are really meaningful without being overbearing or like, it's just like, Oh man, I want to carbon copy that and Mm -hmm. be like that kind of a person Mm -hmm. when people are experiencing it. Also, have you guys ever talked about death before? Like, is it something you ever talk about? Not really. It's something you kind of avoid, but before we go for it, I just want to say Jim, it's something to Jim. I love you, Jim. Mm. That's nice. Mm -hmm. I do too. Yeah. An amazing guy. How do you but anyways, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, um, yeah, death is one of those things. It's like I'm, I feel like I'm pretty comfortable talking about it, but you just yeah, it's like you avoid it or I'm, it's hard. It's hard. Like it's awkward. You just talked about like not knowing what to say or trying to say the right. It's hard. But I mean, yeah. it, it's literally the one thing that will happen to every single one of us, but we don't really plan for it. No, really, no. we don't talk. I don't talk to it about it with my kids or my wife or yeah, my mom. I never did with my dad, like you know, or very rarely. Mm-hmm. So what? Why? What's that about? Well, let's. Are let's, we scared of it? Let's take a breath and talk about it. Then. All right. So Chris, sounds like you don't think we talk about death enough or well, we don't do it. Much. We don't do it much. I don't know if we should talk about but it. That's more. my next question. Like, do you think we should like, do you think it has value when you mentioned yeah. like with, even with your own family? I don't really either. Like, I don't even know if our will's done to be honest. I know mm-hmm. like, like that's how not <laughs> seriously, you know, like in my yeah. mind, everyone thinks they're invincible. Right. For sure. Um, so maybe it would be, maybe it's just confronting reality that we don't want to do. And, and that seems like it would be valuable. Yeah. I think practically speaking, like, especially if you have young kids, Life insurance is important. Having a will is important. Knowing what's going to happen to your children, if anything were to happen to you. Those are all really important practical things. But that still isn't really, that's almost like acknowledging you will die. That's not really like talking about it. Well, I guess it's part of the conversation. Yeah. But yes, yeah. you should do that. You should. So I'll, I'll figure that out then. <laughs> we, one of uh, my wife's college roommates um, was recently diagnosed with stage four cancer. And so she's, she's going to die soon Mm. and she has, 
think five kids, oh, man. five young kids. I could be wrong on that number, but like lots of young kids. And from what I've heard kind of through, through Krista about the way um, her friends dealing with this is just being like, they're talking about it very openly with their kids, like wow. young kids about how their mom's going to die. And um, that's a brave, it's person. been, it's been really interesting to hear that story because like, is that, I mean, the context is different. Like she is, they, they know she's dying, but we are, like you said earlier, we all are dying. <laughs> like we are all going to die. So why wait until it's inevitable to have those conversations out of the ordinary, right? Especially for young people to die. Like it feels like it shouldn't happen. And it, it often doesn't, right? It's, it is unusual, I guess. Yeah. Not that it's unheard of, but we want to protect even our kids from that. I think. Yeah. yeah. That's probably part of it. My kids have been asking last few months a little bit more about death. And when I die and I always just say, well, it's it's in a long, long time. Yeah. Like, don't worry. (laughs) It's Yeah. And I always have a little part of me that's like, yeah, it's being a little, I'm avoiding it. I don't want to talk about it. Maybe, maybe I should. But I guess the other thing is, so what, so what, what could you say? So or, what should you say? Yeah. yeah. Like if you really want to talk about it in an honest way, like Tyler, what you just described is you know, beautiful and it's just like, it, that's just what it is, the reality yeah. and you're confronted with it. Yeah. But I mean. And each know, of those kids will probably take that differently. So, right? Like. Right. But it's. But then you're dealing with it together, like while yeah. you're, while they're still together, you know, like, yeah, like, it, like she's a mother. She wants to deal with that with her kids. Doesn't want to, like, that's the, the weird thing about death maybe is that it's easy to put aside because it's kind of like when I die, it's not my problem. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Maybe. Like it'll be, it's over. Do you think your sadness for people's stories is like um, somehow correlated to like their age and or the number of dependents they have. Like if you hear an old 95 year old die, you're like, Oh yeah. I mean, interesting. I'll take it for information. But if it's like a 35 year old, it's like, Oh, that's tragic. Yeah. Like death isn't really tragic when you're old sort of. Yeah. I think there's, I think that's true. I think when my grandfather passed away, it was, he lived a long life and, Though it was sad, it wasn't shocking. My friend passed away, it was shocking. Mm-hmm. And can death be like viewed as a relief too? Like as a, like when someone dies, like at a, an old age where, yeah, like when, if there's less dependence and they are, have become a dependent themselves. Just today yeah. I ran into somebody I hadn't seen for a long time and uh, they were telling me about their own father and their father-in-law who passed away in the last year. And in both instances, he said, I said, I'm sorry to hear that. And his response was, yeah, but they're not suffering anymore and they're in a better place. Um, so the people were aged and unhealthy, but he said, though his words were, it's, it, it's actually better for them now. Mm-hmm. Right. And do you believe that's like, like is do, that a coping mechanism? Do I believe or, he believes no. that? <laughs> like, is, yeah, that's an impossible question to answer, but I... I wonder how much of that is just part of how we deal with it. Yeah. But also it could totally be true. And I remember having a family debate about assisted suicide. So I guess that has come up in certain family conversations. Hmm. A death anyway. Mm-hmm. And this might be a different topic, but uh, what do you guys think about assisted suicide? Tyler, you go first. <laughs> no, man. 
landmine. Kenton told us to be real, so I'm trying to be real. Yeah. Can I dodge? I'm going to dodge the question a little bit Mm -hmm. and go kind of to the, whether it's a coping mechanism. I think it is a coping mechanism in, in many situations. Like, but why not? Like if that makes you feel better about something that you can't change, right. To say that this is for the best or it's like a hopeful kind of approach to it. And I think even practically it can be true that it's, yeah, it feels, it feels, this is why it's hard to talk about. Cause you know, people have experiences with, with death and having to made to say goodbye to people. And this is something that we all, it's like a common experience that we all have. So when you start talking about it, you start questioning how it's going to be perceived by others. But, um, maybe I'll, I'll just say if I, if I share my story, then I guess that's a little different. So I'll, I'll talk about when my, my Oma and Opa, so Dutch grandma and grandpa, um, they both passed away within like a pretty, like pretty close to each other. When my op before my Opa passed away, he was, um, very difficult to, I think, take care of for my Oma. Mm-hmm. And I think their relationship suffered and he was, he struggled with dementia and when he died, it was, I know for the family, like in many ways it was a relief. Like it was, there was no like praising and celebrating dancing around like, yay, he's dead, but a pretty like real kind of sigh of relief. Like this has been a long it's Long been hard time for coming. him and for everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I don't know if this has a place in the in the episode, but there's a really, I have a really, my last memory of my Opa was, he was actually like, honestly, like pretty abusive towards my Oma mm. near the end. And she had her own health issues and they were living together in a house um, pretty close to the school um, where we work. And, uh, I remember the family. So like my, my mom and her siblings had helped arrange for my Oma to move to her own place and then my move my Opa out. But he was very resistant to that. Mm. Um, so I remember it was my job and I was, yeah, like still to me, he was my Opa, like my grandpa. I was a, a man, like I was an adult, but it was my job to take him for a bike ride while they like moved stuff oh, out of the wow. house. And like there was oh. chances of us, him, he did barely knew who I was. Yeah, I could have had to, I was kind of like his babysitter yeah. for, for a couple hours. And we, I remember we biked down the path towards uh, like Mackenzie ponds down from his house. And it was just like a beautiful fall day. Hmm. And like we were kind of chatting, but barely just kind of like biking behind him. And it was just like such a beautiful, like last experience to have with uh-huh. him. Cause we, at, growing up, he would always, we'd walk to the ponds and like watch the geese leave to like migrate south. And like, we had all these like memories there. Yeah. So that was like, it was like a super weird situation. Like I might have to change my Opa's diaper, like in the middle of the street or like he might crash his bike and not know who I am and I have to call 911 or like, oh, there's all these like scenarios that I'm thinking of, but there's also this really kind of cool experience with him happening. Wow, there's and then, a lot going on in that story. Yeah, and then 
then there was like time where he was in a home and like he was no longer my opa at that point. And then when he passed, I was kind of left with that memory, even though it wasn't the last time I saw him, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, yeah well, that's so it was kind of like we had this experience together. And at that point, I was kind of like, that was kind of like my goodbye. Like I was ready yeah. for him to die after that sort of, yeah. just kind of weird to say, but oh. um, yeah. Mm. Anyways, I didn't, don't know if that really fits with what we were talking about, but I think um, so. kind of the, the sigh of relief or the, like where it can kind of be a welcome thing when it's the right time. And not mm. only that, but even just those, those stories and experiences that near end of life are just so intense and unique and like you just don't know what they're gonna be like till you experience them i always think it's like kind of like having a, a kid like you don't know what that's gonna feel like until it happens it's a totally new feeling a new emotion and i feel like and that's maybe similar it's like new ways of feeling that you didn't know yeah you had in you and no and it's not a it's it's yeah you have to experience it for yourself and there's probably lots of near end of life stories that people have yeah that, that's it thanks for sharing that tyler that's a yeah there is a lot going on there. I, I wonder, think. like I got me thinking, Tyler, like in our, I don't know if it's our generation or maybe the let's say the last hundred years, there's kind of a removal of death from the average person. Like my, I'm thinking of in the past, people probably lived generationally in homes together. You didn't have a home to send an older person to. People probably didn't live as long. So you would have been with your grandparents and probably been around when they died we didn't send the body somewhere like the ladies would wash the body and the men would dig the grave, right? Like we're sort of detached from death in a way that I don't know if we've ever really been in history or culturally that, that, that story almost reverses it in my mind. Like that you, you had experiences, not that they were all like really positive, but they're formative mm-hmm. of, yeah. of sharing the space with your grandpa who, when he's really vulnerable and, and he shared it with you. And he shared it with you too. So with, uh, when people die, it feels like there's this kind of pressure or yeah pressure to honor the dead like even with the queen or to bring it back to the queen we did this like moment of silence you know and like you're like what are we supposed to be thinking about or reflecting on or like all these the funeral is to honor the the dead but like the in my head i have this feeling like the dead is they're dead so like what's all this hoopla all about um, and I get there's, it's not just for them. You're the monster, Tyler, but, <laughs> not me. <laughs> you guys are tied. But yeah, like when I think about, well, I'll let you guys talk before I say what I, what I hope happens to me after I die and how people honor my memory. <laughs> um, but what are you guys, what's your, what's your plan or hope for when you die? Well, in, in regards to a funeral, I think the purpose of a funeral is to bring comfort to the people who are still alive. Of course, the dead person doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's happening. I don't think anyway. Um, so it's for, it's for the people who are remaining to be consoled and to share memories and to be encouraged, I think. Yeah. So I think that's cool. But the, um, 
what I hope happens to me physically after I die. So there's mm-hmm. these things that you can buy now. They're called mushroom spore suits. So it's basically a shroud that has mushroom spores in sewn into the fabric of the suit. And you, your body would go into this. And then when you're buried without a casket, okay, I, yeah. my, Shannon knows my wishes are not to have a casket. And I also do not want to be embalmed. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, you just start decomposing faster. Really? Yeah. And I, I get that there's a, an issue if you're going to have a viewing because you need to be embalmed to have a viewing. Unless mm-hmm. you like do what the Muslims do and go on display the first day and then get buried right away. But yeah. I'm not, I don't expect that. So just wow. have a closed casket. If you need a little box and I've actually thought about making the box myself um, and just having like a pine box ready to go and then mushroom suit start decomposing day one. So where do you store that box? Like I could store it on a shelf in my garage, right? He's got a very organized garage. Yeah, one time he bragged about do, it on the I podcast. So someone like visits and it's like, oh, there's my workshop. There's my spare tires. There's my casket. Yeah. There's It'd my be shovel. an interesting conversation. Sure would. Well, I just, I went to pick a casket and it was a terrible experience. Yeah. Terrible. I would rather just be like, my family could be like, oh yeah, we, we don't have to go get him one. We know where his is. Yeah. (laughs) Take the Christmas tree out of it. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Why is this full of old boots? Storage. Anyway, mushroom suit for me. What about you? I've never heard of that. I mean, I, my wife and I have talked about this recently. I, I, I I want to be cremated. I, Hmm. I've kind of always just thought that. There's something about that to me that's uh, it's really quick, and I mean I I love your idea too, Chris. I think I think if I were to be buried, I, I love the idea of being in the ground, not in some fancy ornate casket. Like I don't think that would be what I'd want either. Um, but cremation to me just sounds. Uh, yeah, I grew up up north and and right by the ocean, and just kind of like mm. something poetic about just the ashes are spread, <laughs> like in. Uh, that movie, The Big Lebowski. <laughs> they scare the ashes and it blows back in their faces. <laughs> but um, that's what, yeah. And I, you know, I think, I don't think anybody, it's, it's funny, like I'm sitting here thinking like, I don't want a big thing. And like, everyone's going to probably say that, right? Like nobody wants a lot of hassle. Um, I want, you know, I want you uh, two to play at my funeral. That's a given. I mean, that's normal. Yeah. Like live. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I, yeah, so cremation, uh, something to that speaks to me. I, I've mentioned that to, to Heidi. That's what I, I would like. And I don't know. I think, I think, I don't know much about funerals and how they're put on. Um, I know they have funeral homes that kind of do it all for you. They have these packages, I think, and they, I don't, I don't really know, but it's kind of what I think. And even that just feels like that's just the way it is. And I don't know, it might be nice just to not. It is something know. to have something down so that when yeah. people are in, like in a, your family's in a vulnerable place yes. when you passed away and trying to make decisions about what should we, what should the people say and what song should we sing and what, yeah. you know, if those are traditions that you're going to have, you don't have to do that. Yeah. You don't have to guess. It's that. a very, it's a very valuable service. No, no doubt. I, I, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think I'm not really all that picky. I think like you said, it's more for the people after. So it's almost like however you want to do it is fine. I, you know, just make sure I put me in a furnace first. I think <laughs> I wouldn't mind. Yikes. Yeah. Hi, what, you, what about you? Um, we got two, two different things going on here. What do you think? Yeah, they're both okay ideas. Um, I think mummification. <laughs> you want to be like <laughs> filled with liquid and displayed for yeah. a number of years. <laughs> <laughs> Preserve this face as long as possible. Um, 
No, I think like Chris, I think I'm team mushroom right now. Yes. I like that idea. Um, but I had a thought about what you guys just said. Like my great grandparents passed away pretty soon after or around the same time as my Oma and Opa, different mm-hmm. side of the family. There's a lot of like funerals being planned and, and things like that. And my great grandparents on the other side had been decline, like their health had been de- in decline and it wasn't a surprise that they died, but there was no, um, no funeral for either of them. Really? And yeah, and I'm, unless I'm forgetting of some, was that something. like at the request of the family? I don't or? think so. I, I don't know exactly why, but I think kind of goes back to, I know I said, what's the whole the point about point yeah, of it no, all. I, I like there is something like for me with, like I shared the story with my Opa, like for me, the, the powerful moment wasn't the funeral. It was the, that bike ride with him. Right. But with my great grandparents, I didn't have an experience like that and I didn't have the funeral. So it feel, felt really, or memorial or any, anything. So it almost feels like just like a, like, do you feel you don't have fade closure? Into, into yeah. The, um, like you need but, a final moment sort of. Well, yeah, I guess that's just a, like a, there is a, I want to, I guess, clarify that there is a point to it, like to having some yeah, kind of I, I knew memorial or um, service. Um, when it comes to me, like I'd be like you, Graham, I'm, I'm pretty, I'd say keep it simple, but also, yeah, like don't, I don't want it to be too big of a, a thing. Like, I think my, my question about the, the hoopla and stuff is like with a, with the queen, when everyone all over the world is having these moments, like we're not really comforting each other. Like we're just kind of right. participating in yeah, and some exercise they think of 4 billion that, people tuned in to like the most yeah. watched event in yeah. human history was the queen's it. funeral. Missed it. So I just want that like for me, that's it. like I want, that's all like just televise the event. A hundred people drawing your body through the streets in a, <laughs> on a gunship. Chris, can I ask you like a serious question? Sure. Your dad, yeah. like his memorial service was quite a ways after when he passed yeah. away yeah. due to all kinds of circumstances. Yeah. Did you feel, were you de- like, were you waiting for that? Like, were you sort of like needing that event? Do you think over the, over that time? Part of me was dreading it because it, it's sort of like a final, I think this is it now. Like it's, but part of me was needing it. Yeah. 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 And part of me was, yeah, yeah, thinking that we did like a graveside thing and like family was there. That was in the height of COVID. So yeah. like you couldn't have more than pe- so many people had to be outside, all that. But yeah, um, okay. yeah I, I felt it was like necessary and hmm. and maybe because my mom really did too. I don't know. Like if yeah. I was kind of owning that for her, I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah, Natalia, you mentioned just not not having that moment. Were you, were you wanting it or were you waiting, you know? Yeah. Okay. So now that we've put this on in audio, it's there forever. So if, when we, when we die, people can just check out this episode and mushroom suit. Should we <laughs> do an episode where we go to like a workshop and build our own coffins together? The three of us just kind of like have a little guy's day That'd and actually be amazing. and build our own coffins. <laughs> Wouldn't that be, yeah, that'd be kind that'd of fun. Be cool. Mine would look the worst, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we should get some like. Yours nice. doesn't have to be that big because you're going to be cremated. So it's, it's true. <laughs> it just has to be like a little shoebox. Shoe box, yeah. 
Yeah, but if you guys are that mushroom- <laughs> actually would be an awesome. I want to do this. If you guys are mushrooming, episode one hundred. Okay, we'll talk after. If you guys are mushrooming in your big boxes, I need to maybe join you on that. <laughs> <laughs> Just build a really big box for all three of us. This is like a legitimate thing. Hey, okay, well, I'll look it up maybe later. That I think you guys that was maybe one of the quickest hours I've ever had in the podcast because <laughs> I can't believe we're already at that time. Yeah, for a topic that I we thought I, would be hard to talk about, it, there was something I wanted to say that I forgot to say. Really, longtime listener Shanna is um, really funny to me because she loves reading obituaries. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, loves might be the wrong word, but she wants to like she's kind of up like you know has does anybody I know not because she wants to know somebody's died yeah. but. But her pet peeve is when it doesn't say in the obituary how the person died. Okay. Mm. So her, she really like when her last wishes for me, I'm, I'm the mushroom suit guy. <laughs> she is. It needs to say how I passed away. So when people read this, yeah, they know no matter what. Okay. Strangled by a mushroom suit or whatever. <laughs> Thanks guys. That was a wow. There's more there. We didn't talk about yeah. afterlife. Well, take a breath. Do you feel like confessing things, guys, or just wrap it up? Just kill this conversation now. What do you think? Uh, I think there's some life in us yet. It would be weird to not confess. All right, you rascals. Over the last two years, well, I guess all of last school year, and then so far this September, I've been listening to... Um, Harry Potter books on like audio tapes with my with my kids with two of my children on the way to and from school and we are right at the end of of it of the whole story wow. and just yesterday we heard that we yeah I'll try I'll try to keep it vague but if you do know that the stories like the Harry Potter stories um, you'll sure. probably know the part I'm talking about it's in kind of like the final battle um, are you worried about spoilers here not really. Oh, okay. Well, I, I'm like it's been I'm, out for I'm wondering about like like I think we could do a whole episode on how we feel about J.K. Rowling and should I even be reading Harry Potter and stuff. But anyways, there's a scene um, in the story where uh, there's three children battling a Death Eater, uh, Bellatrix Lestrange. There's three like one of them is Ginny Weasley, like right. a, a child, and they're battling to the death. And then Molly Weasley is the mother. Oh, and she boy. comes and this is like exactly what happens here. She, she swears like, it's pretty like it, it's the B word. Like yeah. she calls you B word to Bellatrix and then steps into fight on in for her kids and ends up killing Bellatrix. So I was listening to this. So one confession is I'm listening to this pretty violent <laughs> scene with my young children, um, with the B word. And, but here's the the real confession is I started to like tear up in the car <laughs> on the way to, school yesterday morning mm-hmm. and my kids are like pretty into it like they, we've been listening for over a year um in pieces so they're pretty engaged in the story and i was like hiding my face from them like hmm. i was getting uh, so because like a, the sacrifice of a mother I think so. or like it's it? like a just a the b word always gets you yeah like <laughs> you know it's an important scene when we're talking about there were beatrix i'm a little beatrix. lost here <laughs> short for you beatrix, beatrix. Okay. yeah um, I yeah, I think it is like the, the, the mom stepping in to defend her kids yeah. and then, yeah, that was powerful in the book and, and the movie did a good job with that too. Yeah. I remember that being pretty awesome too. Yeah. 
Right. I mean, that's, I mean, I don't mind that you got emotional. I mind that you hid it from your kids. Ooh. Right. Well, maybe that is what he was confessing. Okay. It's a multi-layered. There we go. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Tyler. My confession is quick. Uh, When we first got to Chris's house here to record, uh, Chris (laughs) offered to make me a sandwich and I said no. And I've been regretting that decision ever since. <laughs> I would have happily made you I one. Know I you, make really good sandwiches. I know you do. I just couldn't. I just didn't want to impose and we're recording. But I, the whole episode, I'm like, dang it. I would have loved a sandwich. So You're already in my house wearing my house coat. You could have eaten the sandwich. <laughs> um, thanks for offering, That's Chris. a great confession. It's, yeah. That's You're real. a good man. And I know, I know it would have been awesome. And, I, uh, and next time I'll say yes. I wouldn't have offered if I didn't really mean I would and do I, it. And I believe that. Yeah. Okay. Next time I'm making everybody sandwiches. Uh, mine's a death-related confession. When Shan and I had our wills made, we had children quite young. I've talked about that before on the podcast. So we had a will quite early in our lives. And when we went to the lawyer, we were talking about different things. And I mentioned, like, if something happens to me, just like, and I'm in a coma, like, pull the plug. I don't know if I had recently seen that one Seinfeld episode. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> just let me go. And Shan said something along the lines of like give me a month because i like i might come out of it and i was like pretty adamant like no like i'm not i'm not gonna do that but she also and my argument i think was kind of like you'll be you know you won't even know like what don't work but she also wanted or wants maybe i don't know if she still wants this an air sealed above ground casket like kind of the opposite um yeah, like of what we talked about, yeah. like, like cremation <laughs> like and preserve. Yeah, like to be preserved, air sealed above ground, almost like a mausoleum. And so then I think, like, why not just say, "Sure, I'll do that," and, and you know, if she dies, she won't. So before me, if she, yeah, it's gonna get yeah after me. I don't know who will do that for her. Maybe her children. You guys want to die first? Hmm. You could plan it. Like out of us three. <laughs> <laughs> oh man the show could either get way better or way worse oh, when that happens who knows <laughs> okay it's funny okay guys huh. thanks good confessions all around Oof. well you know what we say this every single time and most of you maybe just hit the old road just the trail when we start doing this but how do you get in touch with us uh, chris send your complaints to harmonious gentleman at gmail.com or check our website out which tyler's done a great job making harmonious gentleman.com you can also find stuff on social media that we put on there and you can interact yeah. with it and we like that yeah and uh thanks again for feedback there was some feedback that we did not actually read on the episode but we do read it and appreciate it mm-hmm. um and Kenton again thank you for your in-person feedback as well mm-hmm. yeah yeah all right thanks to our sponsors blind man cilantro 5024 you're the best they're the best in the business they are if someone else came in and said we're going to give you double what they give you i'd say no no we don't need you walmart because you can't offer the community no collegiality mm-hmm confidentiality professionalism yeah the excellence <laughs> real quick guys earlier you mentioned the red heart uh, the value you're playing I, I i purposely didn't say i mean i was in the band and now i feel like maybe i should mention that because that's i kind of like it'll bring some people to the show people going there and knowing you from the podcast and yeah. being like wait what <laughs> yeah isn't that yeah it's my band Did they ask him to I'm play? in the band yeah i'm looking forward to it all right guys thanks a lot we'll probably have stickers to hand out at that concert you know, that's oh, a nice yeah. goal. That's a great goal to have. Let's do it. Yeah.
Well, not that we want to take over from the fallow years. Well, I, let's let's. This is all, it's called synergy. Let's How do about it. if you're at the fallow years concert and yeah. you come up to a harmonious gentleman and mention you heard this on the show, then you'll get a sticker at the at the very least. Yeah, and maybe a hug and a, I love you. Maybe yeah. Chris will buy you a beer. Yeah. Do you guys maybe Chris will buy me a beer. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> do you guys have any lumber, like extra lumber for these caskets? We should get on this. Let's talk about it. Yeah, there's okay. some free pallets near my house. We could pick up some oh, pallets. Pallet like, casket. Yeah. Good night, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Harmonious gentlemen.